politics Some culture and craft beer Politics And that is why you're here Politics Adam's up Welcome to Potoms Up. Fred and Blotto discuss the politics of today, the culture of our lives, and the beer of our state. Potoms Up, everybody. How's it going? Episode 7-0, the big 70, the 70 Rooney. Uh, let's see. What happened in music? 1970. Well, it turned out to be a year of lasts and a year of breakups. Um, Simon and Garfunkel released their last album that year. I can't believe it was that long ago. A Bridge Over Troubled Water, and they subsequently broke up that year. And the Beatles also released their last album that year, which was Let It Be. And uh, I thought you were going to take a crack at letting me guess that. Oh, no. Should I? Well, I would have gotten it right. I just wanted to, you know, you know, prove my Beatles prowess. Oh, okay. So what day did they officially break up? (laughs) (laughs) I I, I believe it was a Tuesday. (laughs) I don't know. It was December 31st. Of 1970, they waited till the last day to officially break up. So, <clears throat> you know what else? The, when I was kind of looking at musical facts for that year, Janis Joplin died that year, so that was the big death. But there was also another death, which was kind of a weird one, and I remember hearing about it way back when. Keith Moon. He ended up killing his chauffeur with his Bentley because he was trying to get away from a crowd of fans or whatever. Mm. Ended up running his own chauffeur over and killing the poor guy. So, some weird stuff. Weird stuff. Yeah. It was a Sunday, by the way. (laughs) I had a a 15% chance. (laughs) (laughs) So, how are you guys doing today? I'm doing terrific. Yeah? Why is that? Oh, why not? You know? It's kind of a nice day out. Uh, Weather-wise, it's fantastic in Michigan today. After being a little warm for a couple of days, uh, unseasonably warm, and sometimes that takes a little bit longer to adjust to, right? Mm Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, Knobs, what about you? You know, I can't really complain. I worked from home today. Weather's pretty good, like you said. I'm here with friends. Got a beer. What's there to complain about, really? Uh, I'm complaining because I haven't opened my beer yet. I I didn't have a pre-beer. I just scarfed down two pieces of pizza without anything to wash them down. Michigan pizza. I guess we better get on it, then. So I'm really... I I just keep eyeing the can. (laughs) What do you have? Wait. Wait, wait. Before we jump into that, I, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't take a uh, <clears throat> quick second to recognize what's happened, uh, an awful benchmark in our country's history. Uh, 
and I'm talking about 100,000 plus people that have died due to the COVID-19 um, pandemic. Yeah. Um, and it, it, to me, it, like this past weekend being Memorial Weekend, the weekend that we actually hit that number, it, it seems to me that there wouldn't have been a more fitting time to recognize what's happened to these people. But <clears throat> asshole did not bother doing anything to recognize what's gone on for this country to help it healing. There wasn't a single moment of prayer for the nation. There wasn't a single national moment of remembrance or a moment of silence. And he was shamed into lowering the flags, I believe. What? He did that on Saturday, I think. And but again, I'm, I'm pretty sure he was shamed into that, you know. And, you know, I don't I mean, I mean, I'm not sure. Uh, for, for, yeah, I think it, it's a it's a benchmark, you know, but it's still going to continue to climb. And Benchmark just, wasn't the right word. Um, no, no, I, I just lack of a better word, right? Uh, um, because you know, one zero 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 one is just as important, right? It's so, a milestone, I guess. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's a better word. And you know, in in the last thing I'll, I'll say about this is, it's tragic that in it's been three months to the day since our first death. So we've gone in three months to the day from zero deaths to, to a hundred thousand. And it didn't have to be this way. And I say this from a statistical scientific point of view, this information was made available to both South Korea in the United States at the same time, we have over 100,000 deaths where they have under 300. So the inactivity and the cowardice of this administration, it's in the numbers as far as I'm concerned. So it's just all sad and pathetic to me. You certainly have to believe that it didn't have to be this bad. Right. I mean, I mean, it was going to be bad, but it didn't have to be this bad. Right. Numbers were going to happen because it, it got into the country and was on its way before we even knew it. So there, there was going to be a death toll, but this is way over what it had to be. And all you have to do is compare it to what they did over there, how fast they reacted. And they clamped down and did what they had to do. And over here we got... King Pussyfoot for two months, just screwing around, calling it a hoax, saying it's going to magically go away. And and here, here's the proof is in the pudding. Numbers don't lie. And here we are. So anyways, yeah. I, I, I kind of want to end this on a positive note. We are acknowledging these people, you know, and they were a big part of somebody's life. And yep. That's how I'd like to end this part of it, at least. Uh, certainly, you know. I mean, we can give them a bottoms up, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, 
So, um, what I brought this week, uh, I think, is a new brewery for us, the Jolly Pumpkin. For those uh, in Michigan, they know that the Jolly Pumpkin isn't a new brewery. But I didn't think they did much in the way of canning and bottling and wholesale distribution. So when I saw it, I was kind of like, hey, I don't think we've done one. Um, but we may have. Uh, did we do one in the big brouhaha? I don't remember that. Mm, don't that that's the only so. time I could think of. But maybe because I know we did a pumpkin beer. But um, So this is the Jolly Pumpkin Calabaza Blanca. And uh, it is a farmhouse wit beer, which I believe that would be a wheat beer or a Hefeweizen. Uh, if I know my German beer terms. Uh, ale brewed with orange peel and coriander. And I also think it's interesting that it's oak aged. So I don't know how that's going to come through. Normally, you don't think about a wheat beer as being oak aged. Um, and then it says canned conditioned which I don't know what that is. Maybe that's uh, fancy you know. wordplay, maybe. Well, what was the first beer that, that they lined their cans? Was it like Ice House or something? Oh, God. Do, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. I, I recall that. Yeah. So it wouldn't taste like a can. It tasted more like a bottle or whatever it was supposed to taste like. But So maybe that's what canned condition means. Um. Uh, the artwork on the can is fantastic, right? Yeah. Um, anyway, so let's crack them open and uh, give them a taste. This is a 4.8% ABV. So, um, can, can I interrupt you real quick? Yeah. Did you happen to try and find out what Calabaza stood for? I know Blanc means white. Yes, I did. Um it is a type of um, Caribbean squash, a calabaza is. Oh, you weren't really? going to share this with us? <laughs> All but, that wonderful minutia? <laughs> but it, it doesn't, um, it, you know, that's not the flavor that it is, right? So I, I don't know. Maybe it's because of the calabaza and the Jolly Pumpkin connection. Mm, okay. Could be. We might be uh, shocked. It might taste like that. <laughs> uh, Ooh, hmm. it looks like a wee beer. It's basically pumpkin in Spanish. Calabaza. It's a white pumpkin. It's a pretty beer. Huh. It tastes just like white pumpkins to me. <laughs> I, I did not expect that smell from it. It's the coriander. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's for a farmhouse wheat beer. I didn't expect it to be so uh, citrusy. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm not quite sure. Um th there's a there's, there's an aftertaste. It's not a hoppy aftertaste. Um it's the coriander. I I I guess I sense the orange too. I mean you know, would I know that without reading the can? Probably not, in all honesty. Um, but it's it's just an odd flavor. This almost seems more like a goes. 
I, I got a nice head on mine. Yeah, yeah. It went away pretty quick, but it poured nicely. Um, yeah, I'm I'm a little disappointed. I I like coriander, and uh, I'm fine with orange. Um, but I don't know that they they go well together for me. I think it's going to be a not for me. Yeah, I don't know. It's too strong in some areas, and uh, I, I don't see this lasting very well. You know, one of the drink, one, of, one of the reasons I do like wheat beers is because they are usually very refreshing and finish very clean. Mm-hmm. Um, and and this, this one, one doesn't does not not for me. Mm-mm. No, uh, I kind of find that it, the initial taste of it to me is refreshing, but it lingers way too long. It's just it's just hanging around a little too long for a wheat beer. And then that it's the it's the flavor that's hanging around, right? I mean, the fla- if it was more orange or maybe a, a flavor that you know, we all like a little bit better, whether it be coffee, right? Not knobs, but a vanilla <laughs> or, uh, you know, maple syrup. But, but, but I, I don't know that the coriander is the right flavor you want lingering. <laughs> That's kind of what I'm trying to get at. Mm. You know, I had a lot of head on my beer, so I'm actually getting through that right now um, and getting even more flavor. I don't know. I, I may, I may change to meh. I'm not quite giving up on it yet. Yeah. There's something different about it and a little bit curious to me. So I think this is one of those beers for me personally, I'm going to have to get through most of it before I make a judgment. So I'm gonna say Met Plus for me at this point, but uh, I don't know. I might I might be persuaded. I'm I'm curious. It doesn't have a very strong aroma. Really? I I thought I had a really strong aroma. Really? I don't know. Yeah. I've got to put my nose right down in there. The proboscis diving. Maybe <laughs> there's, there's less now. Maybe when I just poured it, when there was so much head, it was more. Yeah, maybe. How the carbonation was releasing. Yeah. It died down a bit, but it was real strong at first for me. Great looking can, though. (laughs) Yeah, that's it's got that going for it. Well, it's got something at least. Yeah. Um, I do want to take a moment to revisit a few beers. Oh, yeah. Um, We talked about the Flamingo Fruit Fight. Right? Fight. 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 Yes. Um, I brought it with me to a barbecue the other day when it was 85 plus degrees and cracked a can open. I got to say, it was much better in that temperature. Mm-hmm. I actually did not mind it. Did you so. share? Uh, no, I brought one and uh, that, that's, that's all I had was just the yeah. one. <laughs> I only brought one with me. 
But um, I also had the lemonade shandy as well, the blueberry lemonade shandy, and tried that. That one only went up to a meh, but the flamingo went up to a for me. I, uh, I've had at least one blueberry since the recording. The blueberry flavor came out a lot stronger the next time I had it. Um, and yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah. And I think it was during one of these, uh, these hot nights that we've had here mm-hmm. recently. So yeah, the high temperatures definitely made a difference on those two beers for me. Yeah. Well, you weren't alone knobs. Cause I, 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 we didn't say it on the show, but I passed it along to you guys. Leon, who was on with us when we did that particular beer, it was a not for him. And then we that we had a hot day a couple of days later, and I get a text from him, and he says he's outside in the hot sun, drinking them down and loving them. <laughs> <laughs> so it proved that that was a very situational beer because it changed for Leon, it changed for you, and I kind of had this same conversion as you did as well. I I had one at the same barbecue, <laughs> but you were sort of waffling still. Me? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I I definitely could see where the heat, the humidity, it the beer just lent itself to that. So, uh, yeah, I, I, it swayed a lot of us. <laughs> yep, for sure. And and only, I only those who gave it away to their neighbor won't know <laughs> for sure. But to that point, my my neighbors really really liked it. You know, and they returned the favor the other day by tossing a couple green zebras over the fence. Bounders. I the love green zebras. A good beer. Oh, so good. Now, were they giving them to you or were they throwing them at you out of anger or something? Uh, <laughs> hard to tell around here. It's like, ah, oh, damn that you know? lotto and beer can goes flying t- towards your head. T- tensions are running high. <laughs> uh oh. Although I'll talk more about the neighbors when we get to the second segment. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, pool envy. <laughs> uh, okay, let's get to it. Uh, uh, a lot happening this week, uh, and again, it's you know it's one of those where COVID is not dominating the conversation, even though as you so eloquently. Uh, pointed out, Fred, that we, we hit the 100K mark in, in deaths, but um, there are other things happening. And, and what's dominating the news cycle today, uh, if anyone's, you know, living under a rock, uh, is the situation that has unfolded in Minneapolis, Minnesota, um, with the officer that killed a man in his custody, right? I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to sugarcoat it. I mean, murdered him. Uh, the courts will decide, but he certainly killed him. Um, and uh, that sparked some riots. Uh, and then today, um, they charged him, and that's pretty remarkable to me. Um. Do do you think they would have charged him so quickly had there not been rioting? No. 
not from what we've seen of and heard of from that prosecutor. They were saying that this is the the record for the fastest arrest of any police-related um, incident. But I think they, they I, I don't know if they rushed it or not, but they had to do something because if they didn't, <laughs> who knows where things were going to end up tonight and moving forward. So it, it might have been something they didn't want to do because they, they didn't charge the other three yet. So I think what they figured is they had to do something to, to try and stop things or slow things down before the, the entire city gets burned up. Okay. So, um, is, is that the right thing to do? I, I mean, you know, we, we, we seem to make, and, and, and maybe this is the baseline is wrong. We seem to make this special exception for incidents involving police. Right. I, I, I mean, if, if I end up stepping on the neck of somebody and killing them, I'm probably getting arrested and charged pretty quickly. Right. Yep. Like, like, as soon as there's, especially if there's like video evidence, right? They're not waiting around. Uh, you know, they'll arrest me and indict me if that's the, the process there or hold me until an indictment is is uh, granted. Uh, and then maybe I get out on bail and maybe I don't. But the process has already started and starts pretty quickly. As the prosecutor mentioned, this doesn't happen in police cases. And, you know... I, well, here's where I, I, I'm here's where I'm confused with a statement like that. Why did they fire them all immediately? Why don't they do what you normally see? They put them on paid leave or something, you know what I mean? Until there's an investigation, but they they immediately fired all four of them. So that would make you think they got these guys dead to rights. They should have in, in that case. They probably should have arrested them the first day because. They, they, I'm, I'm True. No, good point. I'm not, I'm not a lawyer, but I play one on TV. You it play seems one on to me, up. yeah, bottoms up, <laughs> me and Barb. Um, it seems to me that they could have arrested them or him with a charge, and they can always change the charge down the road. I don't think, as far as I know, that's not that unusual. They can, they can adjust a charge depending on evidence they have or, haven't gotten yet. You know what I mean? So if they fired these guys, they must have seen something or, or assumed something was really bad because normally when it's, when it's police or something like that, there's always unpaid leave or, or they're or not working yeah. or paid leave. One, it's one of those things until like internal affairs or whatever can get involved. And in this case, it's FBI and everything else. But the firing didn't make any sense to me at all. I, I I didn't get that, especially the three that didn't do it. You know what I mean? Even though I feel they're very complicit, obviously, but they weren't the one with the knee on the neck. So the, the whole firing thing just it just to me it was always like this monkey wrench 
in what they're telling think, us why things aren't aren't proceeding or proceeding the way they are. It doesn't make do you, sense to me. Well, do you think they fired them immediately in order to stop the civil unrest before it started? Uh, possibly. I mean, could that have been a miscalculation on their part? Because then people are like, okay, that's is that all that's going to happen to them is they're going to get fired and they're not going to get charged? That was a thought I had. It's like, oh, they're, they're trying to put this under the rug, you know, <laughs> sweep it under the rug. It'll fire the guys. That should be enough. But I don't know. It, it just seems like this this whole thing is just not being handled normally. I mean, it, it, that is correct. And where, where I was kind of going and, and – and, you know, I, I from the evidence that I've seen, I mean, I, I think they should have been charged. So um, is are we getting to a new you know, a new line here? Right. Where if this thing kind of, if this happens again, you know, people take to the streets sometimes in violent manners. And that's how you get, you know, charges brought or. Uh, you know, a, a response of some, you know, accountability from that department and city. Like, like, is that what we're now saying? And, and, you know, I'm not sure that's necessarily a good thing is kind of where I'm going. Right? Well, look at the, look at the guy that the jogger that was killed a couple weeks ago. It took protest after protest till they finally brought charges against that guy and his son for well shooting. it took the video releasing well that too <laughs> I mean the, the video so 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 they were they were out it was like two months old the video right I don't know if it was quite that old but it was yeah, old. There, there was it was older yeah Be, because it even switched from one prosecutor to the next and um you know there's a whole network of corruption in that situation. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I, I read, and I, I haven't ever been able to, to confirm it, but the family, the lawyer for the victim's family has said that they were told that he was shot during a burglary, a home burglary. <sighs> and that was what they initially told him? That is what... One story I read with a quote from their family lawyer saying that's what they were told by city officials that he did not identify. So I'd like to know more about that. And the reason I'd like to know more about that is because that, to me, is a major, major component of that story. I mean, because that starts to show corruption at pretty high levels within that community. Yeah. And, um, you know, beyond just the the... The two racist thugs that uh, decided to lynch somebody, but anyway, so so back to the the, the Floyd thing. Yeah, I um, it, it is very strange that things happened as swiftly as they did. Um, I, it's not a complaint I have. I'm I'm glad they've happened swiftly. I'm just wondering if this could lead to the new norm, and is that a good thing? You know. Take to the streets, make a major display, sometimes, you know, on some sort of destructive or violent level to get what you want. Um, you know, I, but I'm to, not really but sure. to play devil's advocate, it, a lot of that 
again, had to do with the video proof with all these cell phones and all these surveillance cameras. You're right on. I I, I mean, if those weren't there, I don't know, there, there might've been some protesting because there always is whenever, when it's a situation, white cop, black perpetrator or assumed perpetrator. I I, I don't think there always is. No, but there's, I meant there's always like rumblings and distrust. I, I didn't, I don't mean, um, rioting in the streets. That's, no, I, no, I don't mean rioting. I, I, I think, okay, maybe rumbling and distrust, but, you know, I don't think the media gives a hoot about it unless there's video evidence. I mean, we, we, we know about the cases where there's video. It's just so sad to think about how many times this happens when there is no video, right? Yeah. I, it happens. It, 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 it must happen a lot. <laughs> It, it, it can't only happen when the cameras are on. That would defy logic. Yep. So it really is very um, disturbing to me to think about it. And, um, you know, I, I think we've discussed uh, police brutality or excessive force or racism within departments before. And, um, you know, the only answer is they have to police themselves. And, um, you know, good cops have to call out bad cops. And if good cops don't call out bad cops, then they're bad cops too. Yeah, you, you know what it is, is you're, you're asking them to uh, give up on the brotherhood thing. And I think that's a big yeah, part. Yeah, the code of silence or whatever the they want to call it. It's, it's a big part of that community, you know, and I understand where you're coming from, but I, I don't know how much of a reality it is, even though what, what you're saying makes perfect sense. Well, it was interesting. I saw a meme earlier today that said, uh, all the, uh, the civil penalties in such cases should have to be paid directly out of the police force, whether it's pensions or 401s or whatever. And it would, that might put an end to that real fast. <laughs> yeah. You're coming right? out. Oh, no, I don't think so. Um, it, right. Right. Oh, you're, you're going to, you're going to put my retirement at risk. I think not. Interesting. I, I'm not saying that, it, but it does, it, it, that solution, that approach does in, in a way, at least, um, you know, kind of support my argument that that's, that that's where it has to happen, right? It, they're, they're saying it does have to happen within uh, police. And, and the other thing that needs to happen is anytime there is uh, death at the hands of police, it has to go to an independent body, preferably at least at state level. I, you mean like and, an IG? <laughs> Um, eh, those guys are expendable. Uh, um, but like, you know, a special prosecutor, uh, that doesn't have ties to either that city or County. Um, you know, if it's a state police person, maybe that's a a federal branch takes over. Um, but you, you don't want to have, you know, you don't want, want what happened down in Georgia, 
right, where the prosecutors were buddies with the guys that did the lynching. Yep. Guy was an ex-cop, right? Uh, yeah, but he was also a bad cop, I think, too, right? Didn't he get disgraced? I don't know. Mm. I didn't hear anything like that. I'm assuming, but it's true. <laughs> you look at their pictures and you know it's true. Yeah. Especially the sun. Holy cow. Um, anyway. Um, so, I, I mean, now it's, you know, we'll kind of see how it, it, it plays out. There, there's been a really interesting side note to this George Floyd story uh, regarding this cop. Um, and that is, uh, so now some people are bringing Amy Klobuchar's name into this story because she was a prosecutor when he killed, uh, another, uh, another suspect. The same cop? Yeah. I didn't realize it was the same one. Yeah. Uh, uh, Chauvin, is that his name? Yeah. Derek Chauvin or something. Chauvin. Like that. Um, yeah, he's had like ten complaints or incidents to his name. Right, which you know, that's not necessarily a lot. Um, it's maybe a, a a bit more than normal, but you have to put them in context. You know what I mean? Like, what were they? You know what I mean? Like, well, that's what I was just gonna say. Yeah, you don't know what they people, are. You know, is worse than you know, you know, writing them up for you know, 15 over when you were doing the speed limit. Right. But, you know, so I think, you know, I don't know what all those complaints were. I'm just saying he doesn't have a clean record to begin with, but two of them do involve shooting someone. Two shootings, two shootings. Yeah. One, one, he killed somebody and another one, uh, he shot a native American, uh, twice in the stomach, but that person survived. So he's kind of trigger happy. I mean, you know, we used to read all about, you know, or at least it seemed like there was this, you know, these statistics that said, uh, you know, 99% of all police officers will never draw their weapon. I don't think that's true anymore. Ooh, this guy's screwing that bell curve. Uh <laughs> I, like I said, I don't even know if I, whatever that stat used to be, it used to be, you know, that most cops never even drew their weapon, far fewer even, ever even fired their weapon. Um, and, uh, you know, maybe I'm, I'm tainted by sensational news, but. I've heard the same thing over the years, you know? Yeah. It's an oddity for them to fire at anybody or, like you say, even pull their weapon. You, you know, I, I, we'll get back to Amy Klobuchar, but I do want to add this to, um, to to this dialogue. One of the reasons that we see police brutality and excessive force in America, whether it's against minorities or against white people, okay, is because cops live in fear. And the reason they live in fear in America is because of our gun culture. It's one of the reasons. Now, they're more fearful of a black man having a gun than a white man having a gun. But nonetheless, our policing 
is almost entirely based around the idea that the citizens have guns. And that's what's missing, say, like in other countries, right? You, you don't have excessive brutality from law enforcement because they don't walk around thinking they're going to get shot. When they pull somebody over for speeding, they're not thinking, oh, this guy has a gun underneath the seat and he's decided now's the day I'm going to cap an officer. In America, they always are living with that fear because we are just fucking gun nuts. Amen. And I, 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 I think it's tied. I think it's really, really tied to that. And, and you know, until that changes, uh, I, I'm not really sure because we p- policing should be handled differently in this country. It's let's remember the motto, protect and serve. Is that the way we think of police by and large? I do, but I don't carry a gun. <laughs> no, no, no. So so when you when you see a police officer, do you think of them as pr- protect and serve? I look at them as they're going after bad guys. You know what I mean? They're 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 ready just to pounce on bad guys. I, I don't I don't I don't look at them as being protect and serve for all the community. Oh, I see what you're you're saying. You, you see what I'm saying? And, yeah, I got you. And and I think it's because policing in America is 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 done sort of backwards, and it should be more protect and serve and more community based. And not let's go find bad guys and crack some skull, which I feel that's what most policing has turned into, or at least that's what I I kind of see. And I, w- I I'd like to be able to pin it down and to say, well, that's really what's happening in the urban areas, but it's also happening in the rural districts. I mean, that's the attitude of a lot of sheriff departments as well. You know, and this is not a this is not a blanket statement on, on all cops. There's a lot of really great policemen out there. I'll, you know, you know, we we had a I got into a discussion one time with uh, with Dino about what percent are good cops and what percent are bad cops. I, I you know, I, I really used to believe it was probably you know just say ninety five five good to bad, eighty to twenty good to bad, whatever, right? Majority good. My own perception that move that needle has moved a lot mm. anyway little rant there that's okay that was interesting food for thought for sure um you go because cops fear for their lives and whether that fear is based in racism it's still based in the idea that they might get hurt um Anyway, so uh, back to Amy Klobuchar. So the story was going around about how she was the prosecutor when this guy uh, killed somebody else who was in the middle of stabbing some people. And then uh, uh, I think grabbed a shotgun and pointed it at police. So re- regardless of the story, he, he was put on leave um, while it was investigated. It happened late in 2006 when she was running for Senate. Then she won and the case drug itself out. She was already seated in the Senate when it finally went to a grand jury and the grand jury, uh, you know, opted not to indict this officer. 
So I'm reading these stories. I saw two of them, one from Washington Post, one from either Yahoo or USA Today. But, uh, but I saw another one, which was the identical story. So they were just copying somebody else's piece. So call it three stories. But they were saying right in the story, you know, uh, you know, Amy Klobuchar's past, uh, you know, questions about uh, allowing Minnesota cop to go free or whatever. And then you read the article and it was like, they're saying that she wasn't even involved. I'm like, what's with the headlines? Why are they smearing A.B. Klobuchar over this? It was, it really, it just had dumbfounded me. Um, and, uh, uh, and so that kind of then was going into this whole VP uh uh, sweepstakes, right? And that now is she or 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 isn't she a good candidate for Biden's VP because of this incident in, in Minnesota? It's like a crazy connection. Oh, I wonder who feels that she really has the chance of getting it because me personally, I don't feel she does. So why the smear? Is it just because the opportunity was there and someone's looking to lay lumps on her and inflict damage? I, I think this was, you know, part of the mainstream media looking for a, a story. Oh, this guy had been in trouble before. Oh, Klobuchar was the prosecutor. You know, she's somebody of notoriety. Oh, you know, she could possibly be a VP pick. I think it was just media really looking for links in the story. But unfortunately, it went quite viral because I saw it a lot today. A lot and of people I, were sharing it. Yeah, and I and I just think it was unfair. And I'm not sticking up for Amy Klobuchar per se. Um, I'm sure that, uh, you know, someone could dissect her prosecutorial record and find all kinds of things that were questionable. You know, we had a, a quick chance to chat earlier today, Fred, and we talked about it. When you're a prosecutor, you have to make a lot of crappy decisions. Yep. And, you know, it's probably one of the toughest positions in my, in my opinion, to use as a stepping stone as a politician because Oh, you let this guy get off. You you know, you sent that guy up the river for 48 years for stealing a Tic Tac or whatever. Right. You know, all of those decisions uh, come down um, uh, to you and, and point directly at you. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, same thing with Kamala Harris, right? Yep. Yep. I mean, they, they were bringing up her record back when she threw her hat in the ring for the presidency mm -hmm. and you know it, it was every couple of weeks that would be brought up just to remind the public about it <laughs> um yeah so uh, you know but I, I just thought in this particular case uh it just seemed like a, a a smear and i saw some of those articles were taken down yeah the the yahoo one was taken down because joe Rizzi because she she brought that up to me this morning we had a break at work and she was wandering through the house and she had brought this story up and i told her i said well i saw the headlines i said but something just 
smelled funny about it to me. So I didn't even bother reading the article. I just didn't feel like wasting my time. And then a little later in the day, she said, they pulled it down. They pulled the <laughs> Yahoo story down. And I said, see, <laughs> I said, I didn't even read it. I said, but something just didn't seem right to me about it, you know? Uh, and, uh, you know, she probably read it from a mutual friend of ours who posted it. And I don't think she read it. <laughs> Because it was all built on the headlines. The headlines were the were the part that was misleading. But once you get into the body of the story, you're wondering, okay, there's no news here. So why did why did they write this headline? That's that was my take on it. Well, I I, I guess I had the the funny feeling in my gut about it, just based off of the de- all the debates I watched her in and uh, the Senate hearings that I saw her participate in. Um, and just the interviews I had seen her in on shows like Rachel, where it was just person to person, and just just that that the uh, the headline is like this doesn't add up. I'm not even going to read it. And I went on my gut to, to I guess defend her in my head. Yeah. But it, as it turns out, from what you're saying, since you dug into it and had a uh, spirited conversations with um, friends of ours about it. It, it seems like they're they're definitely trying to attach her to something she really shouldn't be attached to. And I'm they're getting and I wasn't defending her entire record, like I've already said, right? I mean, I'm sure I could find fault with a lot of her prosecutorial decisions. You know, I mean, the one thing that we're all clear about is that the criminal justice system certainly is not fair and balanced, right? And I'm not going to put the pressure on one prosecutor uh, or district attorney or whatever to fix that as best they can within their within their purview. Um, but the, the the problems are are much deeper and systematic than that. Systemic. Yeah. Um. So, but there's been a couple of other things uh, that have been happening with the VP sweepstakes this this week besides. Uh, Klobuchar uh, kind of coming to the uh, forefront, but um, I, I passed around an article about the danger of picking Elizabeth Warren. Pocahontas! Uh, <laughs> because it could, it, it, it would mean losing a Senate seat. At least temporarily. Uh, right, until a special election. Um, but all of that is really important. Like, I'm not sure she she might be the best candidate. And that's what this article was was kind of saying, right, that she 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 polls better than other candidates. I think they said that 26 percent of voters they polled said that if Biden took her on as the VP candidate, they would definitely vote for for them. Mm-hmm. So she she. It, it, apparently in these polls, she is the one that will help Joe Biden get the biggest boost. And plus they also uh, said that it would get the excitability factor going. I don't know if that was the word they used, but to try and pump some adrenaline in, into the campaign because Biden's a little tepid when it comes to the enthusiasm factor. Mm-hmm. So I it's think statement. <laughs> hey, Sleepy Joe, what do you want? <laughs> he is what he is. A is A. <laughs> but, 
But yeah, the, the whole thing about her having to give up her Senate seat is a predicament. And I, I think I wrote it down. I think they said if she were to relinquish her seat the day after the election, there would still be 84 days that the governor, who's a Republican, I believe, could appoint anybody they want. Right. Until a special election would come up 84 days later. But we've seen what damage the Republicans can do in 84 days. So... And and also you've you've got the incumbent right. I mean you've got the situation where, you know you you don't want to have to battle uphill. Um, but there's a part of me that says, hey, if Warren is our best chance, damn the torpedoes, right? Full speed ahead. Mission mission one, mission two is the Senate. But I'm going to question you on what's more important. If you, if you had to only get one, would you want the White House or the Senate? The White House. You think? I, and I say that quickly, but not easily. Because I just don't think that even a Democratic Senate is going to show that much more muscle against dumbass. They'll keep him in check a little bit. Uh, but he still has the courts. He still has the DOJ. Yeah. yeah. He'll just keep signing more executive orders. Um, yeah. <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> he'll, fi- he'll find more websites to shut down. This is, this is it's one of my favorites. Um, but yeah, Nobs, a good segue, but I, I, I wanted to add one more thing into... Uh, this VP sweepstakes that I heard today, and I think it was an Atlantic article, but I couldn't open it because I hit my max of free ones. <laughs> and I love the Atlantic. Um, if I, I I pay for Wapo, if I was to pay for another one, it would be the Atlantic. So, you know, I got a birthday coming up, guys. Um, uh, we'll give you. <laughs> they so they the, the the headline talked about kind of like the the most obvious choice that everyone is overlooking and that is Susan Rice. Oh uh, yeah, black female, plenty of experience. Here here's my problem with Susan Rice. <laughs> I don't like listening to her. Well, she is loathed by the right. Yeah. Like, 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 I, I don't know how energized the Trump base will be this year. I think part of beating Trump and flipping the Senate and doing well in the House is going to be, sure, we, we want, you know, vote blue no matter who and, 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 and bigger turnout, right? Even if we have to stuff mailboxes or pay little kids to unstuff them. California kids are looking for jobs. Yeah. But You're talking about meddling with uh, mail-in votes? No, of course not. No, oh. I'm not a proponent of that. <laughs> um, but 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 even all, all that said, um, you know, Susan Rice is a person to me that could energize his base, and a couple of points is probably all that's needed. Like it's a risk factor to me uh, because of her connection to the Clintons and Obama. 
Well, they're all part of Obamagate. Come on. Yeah, right. But I just, you, you know, I think she'd probably make a great vice president. She'd probably make a great president. I, but I, 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 I'm leery of, of that because of how much she is just hated. It's true. It, 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 it's, I mean, if you had to, uh, you know, what we ought to do another show is we ought to start like a, we could do like a, since there's no sports, we could do like a March Madness or like a grid and pit politicians against one another and who is the most hated, <laughs> you know, and you'd have like number one seeds of like, you know, Obama in the, in the North and Hillary Clinton in the East and uh, Nancy Pelosi would be a one seed. I thought you were going to say Obama in the tan suit. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, That's an I, interesting. Could, I could I could post it on Breitbart and 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 then come up with a, who see who the winner is by who's the most. You'd be able to hear their heads exploding from where you sit <laughs> as, as they read the names. <laughs> Speaking of Pocahontas, were you surprised that by Stop that article, it, Fred? I'm just having a little fun. Um, were you surprised <laughs> that she would be the biggest boost for Biden? Uh, no. Catch you off guard or no? What did that catch you off guard at all or no? Um, I, I didn't give it a whole lot of. Th- thought until like I when I first saw it I thought okay I, I I didn't dig into the poll numbers and think about it but as I thought about it a little bit more no it doesn't because she's gonna pull some of those Bernie bros in right right knobs uh no no I'm not voting for her <laughs> so no, you know, I'm just kidding no no does she does she pull any of the democratic socialist wing in Yes, I would think obviously she would have to. That's yeah. So that, so it doesn't surprise me where I'm not sure uh you know Harris does. Right. I was thinking because of uh Biden's recent gaffe about the the blacks not being black. <laughs> I'm thinking well that leaves us Stacey Abrams and Kamala Harris. And, and I didn't think about Rice, but that would have been a good one. And so when I saw the article with Elizabeth Warren, I'm thinking, really? It, it kind of caught me off guard a little bit because I'm thinking, okay, he's already said he's going to pick a, a female regardless. So, you know. Yeah, that's half of the equation. That's big. Yeah, you know, right. And then I thought with the gaffe. I'm like, well, that narrows it down. It's, <laughs> I mean, I'm just being, trying to be logical he to, about it. He has to prove he's not a racist because he has black friends. Right. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> but, so on. when I, I mean, Elizabeth Warren, according to that story, was way beyond the pump up factor for many, the Klobuchar or um, Kamala because Harris. They're, 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 they, I mean, they're moderates, at least in the eyes of the mainstream media, and even to Trumpsters. Uh, you, you know, 
I mean, when you read, you know, Biden's considered a moderate. Read his proposals. He's really not that bad. I would agree with that. Once I went through and read his platform, it's it's not bad at all. Right. It's, it's, and when you say not bad, not not bad from a progressive standpoint. And yes. Yeah, yeah. So, but image is everything. And I think I said before that he has a really good platform, and I wish that he would just talk about that as opposed to just trying to ride the coattails of someone else. Yeah. Which is a lot of what he did in the debates. Um, I yeah, guess he's nope, trying to use what you got. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, you know, we thought that he was going to pick a VP candidate a while back ago. At least I thought he was. So did I. I'm I'm still a little surprised he hasn't. But he he did do the right thing by riding out the storm uh, regarding uh, Tara Reid. Who? Mm-hmm. Who? Exactly. Exactly. Sorry, I brought it up. <laughs> no, you you just you reminded me. I was like, who? <laughs> Where'd she go? <laughs> uh, back from when she came. Usually couch surfing is what I understand. Well, you know what it is, is that they've shifted gears now as, as a campaign and it's full throttle tinfoil hats. And she did not fill the spot of a conspiracy well enough. So she's out of their realm at this point. They're, they're on to the full blown tinfoil hat brigade. Just about uh, everything. Just about everything. Yeah. Just about everything. <laughs> so, so I am I am particularly amused by the events of the last couple days as it relates to the president's and Twitter and his EO. Like, like I'm chuckling right now. I, 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 I am not bothered at all by this. I mean, other than the fact that it just shows his his uh, fascist tendencies, okay. But you know, calling him unfit is 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 just you know really pissing in the wind anymore. Um, <laughs> so you, you know, it's 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 a known fact, but it's not going to do anything, right? It's just <laughs> it's just going to get piss on you, right? But but um uh. So I think that's tragic, uh, but that tragedy just continues to play out every day in every way with him. Um, but this whole Twitter feud is just a riot, <laughs> and uh, you know, Twitter's not backing down, and he's trying to save face, but he's such a dumbass he doesn't even know how to do that. I, I think, if anything. Twitter let him off easy on calling him out on this the mail fraud crap. They could have went after him about the Joe Scarborough thing. Yes. And they they should have. They should have. They absolutely they, should they, have. They absolutely should have gone after him cuz they could have they could have booted his account off their system because they have the right to do it if they wanted to. Well, that's the that's the the funny part, that's the irony of his 
EO today. Because if the laws were written in a way to enact what he wanted out of his executive order, Twitter would have booted him off for the Scarborough comments. Yeah. Like, like his EO, if it became law, which it's not, would do more damage to his right to, uh, you know, have a megaphone to say whatever he wants to say on a private platform. It is not government subsidized, right? But he didn't even, he doesn't even understand that. And it's just remarkable to me, and I've really been tracking my Breitbart feed very closely on this. <laughs> and they think, now there are three components to the EO, but they think the primary component is this idea that conservative voices, as I, they, like, they, they like to call themselves, you know, it's, it's hardly anything but conservative, let's be real are being censored. And this will put an end to the conservative censorship by the social media world. I've read that same thing and I'm trying to figure out who's being censored, who isn't on Twitter. Right. Who's getting, who's getting shut down or hid by Twitter. I I haven't heard anybody. No, no, no. People get kicked off. People get kicked off. You know, uh, was it Laura Loomer got kicked off? Um, no, Twitter's kicked people off, and they've probably kicked off more right-wing, you know, tinfoil hat knuckleheads than left-wing. So, but that's because they spout hatred or violence or, um, you know, they get reprimanded so many times, you know, whatever whatever Twitter is, you know, eight strikes and you're out or something. I, I don't even know what the rules are. But, but they, but... It's, but the the EO really doesn't address that. There's a there's a there's a a clause in there that basically he's asking the DOJ or somebody to study it. So that's 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 not even really a big part of it. Like study the the conservative, uh, you know, squelching. And okay, you want to you you might look at Twitter. Then there's Facebook. Facebook doesn't really censor anything. I know, ain't it great? I mean, I mean, they, <laughs> they, you know, politically they don't. Which, you know, this is where I find the double standard with 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 Facebook, and and I, and I, you know, I've heard Zuck talk on this a number of times, and uh, I'm not buying what he's trying to to spin here, but. You know, somebody took down the Yahoo article on Amy Klobuchar. You and I have had things taken down by Facebook because they felt like it either wasn't factually correct or misleading. Yep, that's happened a couple times. But they won't do it if it's tied to a politician. So Zuckerberg says, well, we don't censor the people have to decide what's true and what's not true unless it's a politician they should hear what politicians always have to say and I, it's like okay 
So what you're saying is that a politician's opinion is more important than mine? Fuck you. <laughs> There's no opinion more important than mine, Fred. That's what I've heard. <laughs> per the little uh, uh, the little parry I had the, the today with with our friend, right? <laughs> you read all the comments. Uh, I read enough. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, but you, you know what I mean. And and so I, I find that to be a, a really awful double standard. Uh, by Facebook and by Zuckerberg to say, we'll censor everybody else unless it's a politician because you need to hear them lie. Yeah, get out. Wasn't, wasn't there even a, a comment by Zuckerberg, something to the effect, and I, I don't have the quote, but it was basically, if Trump says it, then it must be true. It was, <laughs> it was something along those lines. And I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> And I think it was following the logic of what you just said. Okay. Oh, Fred. What? Tell me you know that was satire. That was snark. I don't know. Okay. So when I... I, When When Zuckerberg involved, I don't know. Okay. I mean... I I don't trust him. Right. No, no, no. This goes to, you know, divulging my true identity. Um, I posted on my Facebook feed uh, an article about Zuck's response to Twitter's response to Trump. Right. And him saying that we don't we, we don't suppress speech from politicians. And so I decided, okay. Since really kind of anything goes in his world, I just misquoted him. I just purposely misquoted him in my caption of the post. And I said in quotations, if Trump says it, it must be true. Mark Zuckerberg. Okay. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> be- because I, 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 I don't know if that individual text would be something that they would flag and realize that that quote is not attributed to him. But I am kind of testing that a little bit. Mm. And then if he takes it down, maybe I'll get a lawyer. Next time you need to let your uh, podcasting friends in on it. (laughs) So I don't look quite this stupid. No, I love it because you really thought it was something. It's perfect. You thought it was something Zuck said. That's that's exactly what I wanted to happen. I, I wanted it to look like this is what he said because, hey, Zuck, I'm only expressing an opinion here. In my opinion, you said this. Whatever. Like, if if people are allowed to lie on Facebook, why are you singling me out? I mean, I'll never get that audience, right? I mean, they'll just gray it out and tell me that I posted something that was you know, fake news and, you know, I can write an appeal and whatever. Right. I mean, I'm, uh, I'm, you know, one of, you know, 600 million. But I was trying to make a point with it and, and you helped me make my point. Obviously. <laughs> Did I tell you guys I was uh, taking that hydroxychloroquine? <laughs> 
I'm taking it for about two weeks. Uh, I'm taking insulin. Nobs, are you disinfecting your lungs? <laughs> um, I'm disinfecting something with a spear. Yeah. <laughs> the inside of the glass? Uh, brain cells? <laughs> disinfecting my brain cells? All right. My beer is gone. Had we come along, uh, around on this? Um. Or do you have more to say? No, no, no. I mean, I was, I thought maybe we should touch on exactly what he he, he was asking the EO to do. Okay. Finish up. Yeah. I, I'm just trying to get a feel for where you were going. Yeah, no, no, just uh, his insane, his insane uh, war on social media right now. So, so yeah, I, I mean, for, again, you know, we, 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 we kind of talk about these things as if they're sort of old news already, right? But... What he was, what he's asking um, the lawmakers to do, and I guess the DOJ as well, is to relook the portion of the uh, uh, media or uh, uh, News Decency Act or something like that. It's section two thirty of the nineteen ninety six Communications Decency Act. Thank you. See? Yeah. And, and and basically what that does is it gives social media platforms immunity against a uh, lawsuit or criminal action even uh, because they can't control what the public posts right. uh, on their sites. And uh, um, someone told me that, you know, that it was written and Zuckerberg was like 12 years old. Um. <laughs> Because it wasn't written for Facebook and Twitter, uh, it was uh, there was another platform. MySpace. Uh, no, no, no. It was it was it wasn't an internet thing. I, anyway, um, but but anyway, it, now I I have my own opinions. I mean, I mean, should Twitter and Facebook be responsible for what gets put on their site? I think that's a great debate. And, and there are lots of debates about that, right? I mean, you know, are they, uh, should they have the same uh, responsibility that the editor-in-chief has for a newspaper? That if the newspaper's putting it in there, they are somewhere responsible for the content. I think it's a great debate. Love it. I think just as a bottom line comment, the size of it, when you're talking about a newspaper having articles having to be vetted and passed by lawyers and editors and J. Jonah Jameson. And, you know, that's one thing. But when you're talking about the millions of people and the millions of posts daily, I don't know that they could if they want. They have, you know, the algorithms now are so good. Yeah, I suppose. You know, but but regardless of the of the how tos, you know, um, like I said, it, it, I, I'm not coming down one side or the other. But what he, what what Trump is now saying is that they can be held, or he would like them to be held liable for the stuff posted on their site. That's what he's asking lawmakers 
and the DOJ to relook at in Section 230. And that's that's why this is so laughable, because if you could be held liable, then you're going to limit what people can post. <laughs> you're he's actually encouraging more censorship on Twitter and Facebook by by threatening them with the idea that they no longer have protection because they can't control and they're not responsible for what gets posted on their sites. And he's also he, he's such a dumbass. He, he he he's an absolute dumbass. Well, yeah, I say that every day. But but you know this is a this is a case where he's actually doing something against his own interest. <laughs> it's not the first time. No, it's not. It is. It is, it is when, definitely not. When he breathes, it's against his own best interest. When he talks, <laughs> it's against, it's against his we, own best. We get interest. that. Yeah. Yeah, it's against ours. When a synapse fires in that bigly brain of his, it's not in his favor. <laughs> it's going to come out as something stupid and wrong. It's just the way it works with him. Wasn't there some uh, a, a Kavanaugh um, component yeah. to this story as well? Yeah, Something no, yeah, the, the Supreme Court has already ruled on uh, that's why I mentioned the Laura Loomer thing, because she got kicked off Twitter and uh, they've already ruled on Twitter and Facebook's avail- um, um, right. Or I should say, uh, um, I don't know, lack of accountability, I don't, you know, on, on such matters. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I thought that was kind of an interesting kind of cherry on top that. Kavanaugh was part of it, and he actually wrote the decision, I believe. Because, that... because see, this is why it's so silly, because that court was a 5-4 decision, and the liberal judges, I think it was party line, I know it was 5-4, basically the, the liberal wing was saying, Facebook and Twitter, we want you to be responsible for the content of, of your publication, call it, Right. And so now Trump is siding with them. <laughs> it's just, it is truly just completely backwards. And the freaking t- tinfoil hat cult followers are like, yeah, this will teach them. <laughs> and speaking of Twitter, maybe to kind of close up this subject. Yeah. What did you think about the president's tweets that got hid because of him uh, using that quote? When the looting starts, the shooting starts. Uh, it's it again. It's an impeachable offense. I, I mean, it's it's he shows no regard for the rule of law. And uh, you, you know, I, I never thought I would have to say. Uh, in my lifetime, that's an important factor for me to want to have somebody be president. Like, like I never thought I would have to spell out, yeah, following the rule of law is one of those things that uh, is now important. <laughs> you know, the, the guy basically is in, inciting violence uh, mm-hmm. from, from this country. I, I haven't heard a single person from the right 
denounce this at all. Nothing in no way, shape, or form. I've heard not a single one. Hello, um, anybody out there? <laughs> no, they, anybody out there? Um, they they can't. Right. I, I mean, and actually, I'm I'm glad you brought it up because I did want to touch on 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 this aspect of it. Because you mentioned the looting and the fact that they won't say anything about it. But what they will talk about, and I, I've been on this soapbox all day, is the looting. They'll talk about the looting. And they'll talk about the riots. And they'll talk about the fires. But all that is a deflection. They're avoiding the conversation about police brutality and criminal justice inequality. And it's like, okay, fine. There are bad actors. There are people that want to take advantage of those situations. There are people that believe that violence is the only way to get the message across. There are those that are just doing it because, you know, they're tired of wearing a mask. But we cannot let that distract us from the message. And, and, and I've been trying to hold that line all day with other morons who just want to, oh, you know, you know, it's, you know, black on black crime and they're destroying their own neighborhoods. And here's a guy who lost his store and this person got hurt. And look at this guy smashing windows. Honestly, I don't give a crap. I, I could care less. I, I don't want people to get hurt. I never condone violence. You know, I could even be described as a pussy, but <laughs> I, that's not what this is about. And every time, it, again, I go back to the media, anytime the media talks about it and they, act, they, they've done a pretty good job of, of, of not blowing it up, no pun intended. Um, but every time that gets talked about, that takes away from the core issue. You know, if people were looting and rioting in the streets just for the sake of it, <laughs> then, uh, you know, then that would be a story. What I see frequently is someone saying that they, um, you know, support protests, but not the violent ones that what they're doing isn't right. Burning buildings and whatever they're doing. And, you know, it should be a peaceful protest. My response is they've been trying to do a peaceful protest for years. Kaepernick kneeling is a peaceful protest. Yes. And he was insulted and mocked. Right. Relentlessly for that. Well, I'm sorry, but the time for peaceful protest is over. It's been tried. It has failed. Um, right. I mean, I'm all for disruptive protest. Maybe we're splitting hairs there, you know, the nuance, you know, of words, but... Yeah, but um, speaking of protests, the White House is on uh, on lockdown right now. Oh, really? Yep, it's surrounded by protesters. <laughs> <laughs> is dumbass there? Or is he in Marlboro? He's probably golfing. He's probably golfing. Uh, I hope he's sweating. <laughs> I'm sure he's sweating. <laughs> I hope it's hot and miserable down there. (laughs) 
Well, I'm starting to sweat because I need another beer. Getting parched. What do you got over there? I've got a, another fine beverage. Liquid craftsmanship is what Perrin calls themselves. And this is their blonde porter. Um, I think we have done one other blonde porter. I think uh, I brought it down from the Elk Brewery. Uh, a new take on classic style, creating a light blonde colored full flavored beer. So uh, the other thing that they mentioned on this can is, other than a blonde porter, it says, with chocolate. I thought the same thing. That struck me as weird. <laughs> like, like, just uh, the marketing of the can. Like, it's a blonde porter. Oh, by the way, with chocolate. <laughs> is it white chocolate? Uh, don't ever say that. I know. No such thing. I know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, this has uh, got a, you know a little more kick, obviously, than the last beer. Everything does. Five point eight percent, and they don't really tell you much more, do they? No. You know what I will say though, I like this can. I, I really like the color, the the like it's a celeste green with the black and uh, the gold. I don't know. It, it was eye-catching to me when you sent the picture. I was like, oh, that's an interesting-looking can. Well, um, No artwork, but I still like it for some yeah, reason. Yeah, no, it's a nice, it's a nice soothing uh, light green. Um, so with, a, with being a blonde porter, uh, I kind of like to do the blind taste test, right? Mm-hmm, yep. Because... To see if it actually tastes like a tastes like a porter, like a porter right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I think your judgment's already tainted when you see the pouring into the glass. Um, yeah, looks like an IPA. It's a it's a nice color. Uh, I didn't get um, much head. I got hardly any, and I tried. Um, it. Uh, I can I, I, I can whiff the chocolate. I, I I get a whiff of the chocolate. I shut my eyes and I drank it and I'm buying into it. That's a porter all the way. It absolutely is. I I did the same thing and I was shocked about how well I was able to fool myself. <laughs> I guess I shouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Got to give them props. They did it. Congratulations. You did it. Yeah. It's like a porter. That, that, that's porter all the way. Just a lighter color. Wow. Who'd have thunk, eh? Um, and for me, just, you know, quick initial reaction is uh, good. Knobs? Well, I cannot speak to this. Oh, that's right. Uh, we couldn't we uh, couldn't get you one, nope. could we? Oh, that's uh, right. I will say that this beer must be very popular because I cannot find it anywhere near me. And my local little uh, establishment that I buy from, I asked him about it, and he said that they are cleaned out of it and won't get any more until Tuesday. Hmm. Um, 
Well, I still say you should do a follow up if you can get it Tuesday. I think yeah, you will. I, I think you will like it enough that you should invest in it, and then uh, maybe do a tack on next week. If I could find it, yeah, maybe I'll uh, get a pack and I'll do a follow up review. Uh, yeah, and, and let me know. You know, if you get it done, also before we uh, before we post. Um, uh, how, how are Michael you? How are you generally it? with uh, with chocolate porters, Nob? Hit or miss. There, there are some that I really like. Okay, so you're, it's not it's not out of the question, right? It, it's the coffee chocolate porter set. This is not coffee. From. Yeah, this is there's there's there's, there's no uh, coffee flavor in this. Uh, Fred, were you hissing? Yes. Yes. Because yeah. <laughs> because you, you called him knob. It's knobs. <laughs> oh. Mr. Phelps. <laughs> uh, Michael. <laughs> uh, I just saw that. <laughs> uh, re- recap on uh, on the on the on the JP. Uh, I- I'm gonna go meh. I'd rather have a flamingo fruit fight. You're gonna go in, not in, uh, in not even hot weather. That got worse and worse. Grassy. I'm not sure it even got a meh. I'm gonna say it wasn't for me. It just it was just You know, your review on that changed It did. Every and, twenty and minutes. <laughs> so did the taste of the beer though. Yeah. <laughs> and I suppose that can happen. It was a chameleon beer. Uh it just it tastes like a different beer at different stages of the glass. By the end it just uh, it wasn't I finished it, but right, I finished mine as well, and that's why I'm going to go, Matt. It was okay. I, I mean, I, if my my standard is would I buy that beer again? No. Will I shove it to the back of the cooler? No. You know what I mean? Like like I could have one still, you know, today or tomorrow. So little, little backstory. Um, Half Pine, of course, you know, graduated from Ann Arbor, correct? Mm -hmm. And there's a Jolly Pumpkin there. And when we used to go out and visit Half Pine, we would occasionally go there. And I cannot recall a time that I had a beer in Jolly Pumpkin that I walked away saying that's for me. And when I saw you got a Jolly Pumpkin today, I I, I showed Joe Reezy and and I said, he got Jolly Pumpkin. (laughs) And I was trying not not to be prejudgy, but it's kind of the same thing happened again. It's just for whatever reason, I, I have not found a Jolly Pumpkin beer that I would endorse. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think if you go back and, and look at our reviews, we have, um, uh, we seem to, to have breweries that we like and that we don't like, Yeah, you know, in, in a general sense, right? The food was and, fine, but the beer was never good and, and it always seemed to be busy. So I, I didn't know if it was me missing something. I don't know, but. Hey, 
uh, Fred, when when you were over at the uh, store today, and, and that is a terrific store for Michigan beers. I mean, they just got that big section carved out. It is all warm. You know, they have some in the in the coolers too. I look um, there as well. Yeah, but yeah, they they generally don't have the same beer in in both locations. But the newer stuff, I think, comes in warm, and then I guess maybe if it sells well, they stock it in the cooler and move something else out. Don't know. Don't know their system. Um, nor do I care. But it was one of the first places I've seen that's carrying the Flying Buffalo by Griffin Claw in every oh. flavor. Did you notice those on the shelf? No, I was kind of focused on the picture you sent me. And right, right. You were trying to find the right beer. Yeah. I, I, I wasn't shopping. So I, I hadn't seen very many Flying Buffaloes uh, on shelves, and I have wanted to try them. Uh, when I bought them, they were 25 bucks a four pack. Yep. Grapevine had them for 30. Ooh. Bit of a markup. Wow. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, I, it was disappointing. I don't know that I was even really willing to, to, to try a different one, um, for 25 if it was the 20, but, but once I saw the 29.99, I was like, Man, that's just crazy. You know? Yeah. I I did like your store. I, I like the way that they have it all. They have that cove kind of carved out. Yep. But I still think mine has a bigger selection of Michigan beer. Really? Yes, I do. I have to pay more attention. They have a an entire aisle, aisle and a half, and then they have a cold room as well like a freezer you can go inside because because i was trying to judge which one are you talking are you talking about bushamis no 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 i go to parkway at gross okay parkway all right yeah you'll have to check it out and maybe i'm wrong but and i'm not trying to one-up you it's not it (laughs) it's not a competition oh well that that's what i'm saying i'm not trying to one-up you it's not a competition i i liked your store I didn't like that they were all warm because I had not planned on that. You know, like a lukewarm beer. <laughs> you know how we don't. Who like would bring that to podcast? I have no idea. Yeah. No, no comment. Anyways, we are way off on a tangent. Back to the beer at hand. Uh, mine's halfway gone. We're, we're, uh, 11 minutes into this segment and I'm chugging it down. Yeah. I'm about halfway too. It's going down. Nice. The chocolate is there. It's, it's, it's there more on the aroma than in the flavor, but it's not overpowering. It's not a sweet beer. It's really well balanced. Knob. You don't know what you're missing. (laughs) Knob. Well, I'll try to pick it up, like I said. Um, but you guys are also missing out. Oh, what do you got? So you are drinking. Tell us. Yes. Please, please. Yes. Um, a buddy of mine went down to Brew Detroit a few weeks ago. And he asked me if I wanted anything while he was down there. So I had him, him pick me up a Corner Man Red Ale. Hmm. Corner Man. Okay. Uh, and I looked it up. Um there's a whole story on it because there's a boxer and there was a boxer oh, by the name corner. of George Andrews. 
um, who was a boxer and bartender in the 1950s of Detroit. And so they made this beer after him. Um, Cut this is just Nick. the Cut me this is the perfect red ale, in my opinion. I like me a red ale. So I don't. I don't know if I want to do a full review of it because I think uh, I would really like to get this on the show, so all three of us can have it. But how, how got, many? How many did you get? Uh, four pack. Okay. Uh, this is my last one. I was going to say this is not going to make it. Yeah. No. 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 Uh, I've had this. No, before. you should do a full review. It's not like yeah. we're gonna. You know. Okay. Um, it is just the quintessential red ale color to it. Beautiful head on it. Uh, it's got that real nice hoppy aroma. Uh, smooth flavor, 5.2%. Um, just spot on red ale. 100% for me. Is, is it, does it lean hoppy or malty? Uh, I would say a little bit more malty. Okay. Which is what I like in, in, in my ales, yeah. Um, my amber ales, red ales. But it's got the hint of, you know, the roasted um hops and malts to it. Um yeah. Very, very drinkable. Um cool. Cool. Y- y- you know, um uh we have a, a mutual friend who knows one of the principals down there at Drew at Brew Detroit. Okay. Uh, the the Dill is very oh, good yep. friends with the VP of business development. I, I think is also a partial owner. Okay. Um, and I have spoken to Brew Detroit about possibly contract brewing for my little endeavor. Oh, very cool. Um, so you're saying that we would get free beer from Brew Detroit? <laughs> uh, if, if that relationship <laughs> blossomed, I, I, I would say, you know, wouldn't be out of the question. It, it's probably not going to, to be necessary. Um, at one point in time, we weren't sure if we were going to be able to continue the brewing operations and uh-huh. in, in uh, what we're looking at, but uh, I think we're going to be able to. So the need for contract brewing um, may not be required at this time. Um. But uh, yeah, nice people, and they have a, an amazing operation. Um, yeah, I have to get down there sometime and check them out for myself. Yeah, I, I mean, one of the challenges when I was talking to them was scale. Like what I was looking for was so much smaller than what they're used to doing. But what they also offer is they do private labels of mixes that they already have. So. It, it was possible that it could have been Cornerman Red. That, that if I needed a red amber, and then it just gets repackaged and marketed for me. Oh, so they would brew this red ale, throw it into a bottle, put your label on it, and you would sell it? Well, it would go into a keg, and then we would call it whatever we want to call it. Sure. Right? Yeah. Whichever. Yeah, the whole, whole the wholesaling part is a different animal altogether. But, but so yeah, you're saying I could have had this before. <laughs> you you could have actually, um, uh, but I don't I don't know like like when I was speaking to him whether or not he was saying yeah we have we have red ales we have IPAs we have you, you know wheat beers mm-hmm. whatever um, that you can just have and market as you want. And those might be separate than what they're putting their own label on, or they could be the same. Um, you know, that part, I, I, I don't know. But my hunch 
is it probably would have been kind of the same thing. It you know they have a tap room, right? <laughs> they have 30 taps, rotating draft taps of Brew Detroit original recipes. Yeah. Hmm. Right. And so he was he would sell those original recipes to to other tap rooms and they could private label them. Yeah. Now part of contract brewing also says that if you go to them with the recipe, they will make that beer for you. Hmm. Um, but then it gets also down to scale and size. And the and the biggest challenge there, you know, this is just sharing information. The the biggest challenge there is is not that they require such large quantities to be made. It's that they have such big customers that it's difficult to fit somebody into the schedule for say like, you know, six barrels, you, you know, they, because then they've got to disrupt their schedule where they're making hundreds or thousands of barrels for other people. Mm-hmm. And like, how, how does he break production on this week to make, you know, somebody six, eight barrels. So. Huh. Interesting. But he was willing to look at it. I mean, he said, you know, you could buy off my, my off the shelf products to begin with. And if you wanted to do something special, um, you know, let's talk about it and I'll see if I can't fit you in to the schedule. So really nice people. Yeah. Sounds like it. Uh, sounds like a podcast guest, doesn't it? Yes. That'd be awesome. Looks like they're near Corktown. Uh, yes, that sounds familiar. Yeah, you know what? That's the that that that's after COVID, right? We don't want to do that one. <laughs> no, remotely. But consider that a done deal. Well, we'll have to get Gretchen to go with us because she likes the belly up to the bar, like during COVID. Um, yeah, but yeah, consider that a done deal. Like, like I said, I've had a couple conversations with this gentleman. I'm sure he would, uh, uh, welcome the idea of, of joining us, or he would put us in the direction of those who have that kind of responsibility, you know, PR marketing and whatnot. He's like a sales guy. We hate sales guys. Yeah. When you're selling beer, you don't have to be a pushy sales guy. <laughs> just got to be cool. Okay. Well, um, <clears throat> you, <laughs> you, uh, you caught on to my, 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 my new nickname here today. Yeah. I noticed that. Do you see that knobs? Yeah. Oh yeah. I saw it right away. Mr. Uh, Michael Phelps has joined us today. <laughs> uh, that's because laps in a pool. I'm, I'm ready for the pool. It's that time of year, baby. Um, I have spent the last uh, couple of days getting our pool ready, and I've regretted every minute of it. (laughs) (laughs) I could have swore uh, fall time, you said that you weren't even sure if you're going to open the pool next year. And I said that while I was getting the pool ready. (laughs) Like I, I'm in the middle of opening up the pool, and I'm like, "Shouldn't we be closing this? Are we? Do we really want to do this?" <laughs> you know, part of the problem with the having the pool is 
taking it down, and this is an above ground pool that we have. So if you have a below ground pool, it's almost out of the question, right? But taking the pool down is far more work than setting it up. Even if setting it up is a pain in the ass, tearing it down is like a major pain in the ass. Now, you only got to do it once and then you're done with it. But still, I, you know, there's there's probably, you know, two full days of work and then figuring out what you're doing with your big, you know, pile of sand and dirt circle in your yard after that. So, yes, every year we talk about forgetting it and then we just set it up again. Um, and this year, if all goes well, it's going to be even more difficult for me to spend time in it. And last year we didn't spend a lot of time in it either. But it really wasn't too much trouble to set it up. So there you have it. Um, That's the first pool you've ever had, right? Personally? Yeah. Yeah. It, it came with the house. It's Pop-Tarts per se. It's a, I mean, it's an 18-foot round, you know. It's like five feet deep in the middle. Um, you know, it's a nice shape and, you know. It'll, it'll cool you off, you know, get a floaty, sit around in it. But, but I don't, I don't really know if the pros outweigh the cons with a pool, you know? I've never owned one. I love to swim. Like growing up, we had two neighbors that had pools and we lived in them all summer. And for whatever reason, my parents never bothered to invest in one and take care of them. Because your neighbors had them. (laughs) Well, maybe, yeah. (laughs) But as an adult, I always thought I would get one, but it was always one of those procrastination things, you know. I always found an excuse not to bother with it. Like the last house we had, I think about the second year we were in it, we actually started looking at you know, picking up brochures and we're, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. Yeah. Now, we had a yard for it. Yeah. Yeah. Once we got those cherry trees out of there. Yeah, we did. We had plenty of yard and we never ended up getting it. And honestly, the closest we actually got to pulling the trigger was like about a year before we moved. And I'm, I'm glad I procrastinated again. So why spend the money? <laughs> Cause we ended up leaving. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and that's part of it too. We always say, okay, any more money we got to dump into this, then we're not setting it up. Well, you know, last year I purchased a, uh, an automatic vacuum, uh, 250 bucks. It's a pile of junk. It's a fucking piece of plastic that floats and does, it doesn't, it doesn't do anything. It's a bunch of bullshit. And and this is the third one because I've complained to the company so many times. They actually gave me one for free. And so we gave that one to the neighbors who have a pool. And uh, I saw he pretty much chucked it against his fence the other day. <laughs> so, Does so, it creep on the bottom? Um, no, it, it, it's a, it's, it floats along the top and then it has a, uh, a tube with a net on the bottom that 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 goes down from the surface and it, it drags it along the bottom 
and then it shoots water uh, from the end of this tube so that it pushes debris into a net that it's dragging. So imagine you've got like this, this net being dragged around the bottom, you know, it's this thing floating on the top, and then it, it's got like these, these jet streams that push stuff into the net. The, the, that part works. The problem is that it has this mechanism on the, on the thing that's floating on top of the water that once, once it hits something, it should go in reverse. And then once it hits something, it should start going forward like a Roomba, right? So it keeps, it's always going in motion. That mechanism is very poor and it doesn't work right. And so pretty much it just stays in one spot against the wall and just stays there. (laughs) (laughs) And I I have made multiple complaints uh, with the company that makes this because it's so freaking expensive for what you get. And, you know, they've sent me out two additional units. And only I had to send one back. And then the uh, it's just crazy. And then like, hey, you guys can have this. And then, no. You know, we, I mean, you know, that's just yeah, like one of the slight headaches. But, um, you know, Pop-Tart really likes it. You know, float around, have a drink, cool off. But it's not anything that we really live in. Are you one of those people? Are you one of those people that cuts lawn and then jumps in the pool and just loves it? Or it's nice when when you do cool off that way. I I have done that. Yep. You know, I I have I have used it to bathe. (laughs) (laughs) Sweaty and hot. I'm going in. Mm-hmm. Um, Nobs, what what about you? Any any pools in your family? Uh, nope, never owned any pools or anything like that. Um, I, I always kind of imagine it's similar to boats, where you're better off instead of owning one, just know a friend who owns one. You know, I think you're right, and I wonder. See, our neighbors have also a pool, and theirs is. Uh, similar but larger. Theirs is like 22 or 24 inches uh, a feet in diameter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I wonder if we took our pool down, they would ever say to us, hey, jump in anytime. Um, this is the neighbor that you've given beers to, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're close with them. but um, I think they have know. to then. And, 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 and they have been in our pool, uh, uh, usually when they're drunk. They come over <laughs> and we're not in the pool. And then like, we'll hear them. And, you know, so I wonder how they would feel about all of a sudden just, you know, me showing up in, in their pool. I, pro- I probably would do that. You know, I think you have to test that. Let but us know I, the results. You know, I kind of, I kind of hate them <laughs> <laughs> because we opened up our pool on the same days, took the covers off. Right. And Ours look like, you know, the creature of the Black Lagoon was living in it. And theirs was clear and blue and clean within about four hours, and their kids were playing in it, and everybody was having a great time. <laughs> and ours was still swamp. <laughs> How do you explain that? I, 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 and here's the funny thing. We have a better cover. 
every year because they're obviously so- you don't. <laughs> no, here's the thing though. Every every year, the winter shreds their cover because it's like I said, 24 feet diameter or whatever it is. The cover is so huge. The winds and and, and the cold, uh, they don't even bo- know really why they bother to put on a cover. So I don't know whether it's the filter system, the chemicals that are using, or maybe they just don't care. <laughs> Throw the kids in there, you know. But, <laughs> you know, we're still fighting the green in our pool. And literally, they've been in their pool three days. That is odd. I don't know. Call you remember? Like a, it kind of just proves my theory, doesn't it? Yes, it really does. Yeah. It's always better to be a sponge boater or a sponge pooler than to actually own one is what you're saying. Um, I, I remember when we were first looking for a house when we moved back to Michigan, we were indifferent about the pool. If it came with the pool, that was great. If it didn't, then that was okay too. So we weren't opposed. We, we did look at a number of homes that had pools. You remember when we moved out of our last house and finally ended up in a condo? I think in... remember it very vividly. Well, yeah, okay. <laughs> Just checking. Yeah, help me, help me Just because you, you had twice. to move, a, help us move twice. <laughs> I, I was there too. I had to put up with it. It's okay. We all lived. <laughs> Anyways, I like pools a lot, as I've already mentioned. But you know what sucked is it. Not only did we have to live in an apartment for six months, but we we moved into that apartment, and like four days later, they shut the pool for the season, uh. and then six months later, <laughs> when it was time to move to the condo, it literally was like the week and after we moved, they opened the pool again. So we never actually got to swim in that pool. And it was actually a really nice pool. <laughs> you, you know, it's 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 funny you mention that because I did ask Pop-Tart if she wanted to join us because she's really more about the pool than I am, uh, about pools, uh, and if she wanted to join us for the segment. She said no. Uh, and I said, well, do you have anything to say about it? She said, it is nice to own a pool during COVID because so many of the public pools are closed. I said, well, see, there you go. Good point. Yeah. Hmm. A positive from the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Except for ours is still uh, kind of the same color as that parent can. <laughs> hey, <laughs> when you guys cocoon your pool for the um, the winter, do you drain yeah. off like the top third? Yeah. And do you, you just use the your garden hose to replenish, or do you pay to have the pool filled? Uh, just the garden hose. Hmm. Yeah. Because I, I was talking to my uh, sister this week, and she was saying they just opened up their pool, and they had to have two truckloads of water brought in, and she said it was like $700 to top wow. the pool off. Isn't that nuts? I've never really seen a spike in our water bill when we fill up the pool. Like, we're always bracing ourselves for it. Uh, But I I think over the course of the three months that you have your water bill, 
um, it just doesn't really show up. Uh, it isn't as glaring as we would think. Uh, mm. It takes us about, I don't know, maybe a half a day, six, eight hours uh, uh, to, to fill up the um, probably foot and a half, 18 inches or so. You know, one. you just got to drain it b- below the basket because you're taking everything off, right? So you just got to drain it below where the holes are. Okay. Well, she she lives on a farm and they have a well, so maybe that's why they have to pay to have someone bring it in. Mm. But she said it was seven hundred dollars to to get it back up to level or whatever. There are communities that um, they give you a discount of some sort. Like if you tell them you're, you're you're using water to fill your pool and it's a discounted rate than versus if you were just uh, drinking it or something like that or cooking and washing dishes and laundry. I don't quite understand it, but uh, Sterling Heights does not do that. But other communities do. Did you guys ever watch the Beverly Hillbillies? <laughs> <laughs> well, I know you did. You, you know, you know, anyway, nah, you said I'm, you had I'm a... starting to feel like there's a lot of like ageism coming out of Fred today. Do you uh... remember when I moved... Uh, yeah. Do you remember the Beverly Hillbillies? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I mean, sure. I'm forgetful. Come on, Fred. But really, <laughs> rhetorical questions. <laughs> they don't sound rhetorical. I'm sorry. No, they, they don't. <laughs> do Do you remember? <laughs> do you remember that time? Do Do you remember the show Seinfeld? <laughs> Get off my lawn. <laughs> the cement pond. They're shaking his cement pond. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was curious about. If you remember the cement pond. <laughs> Nobs, do you remember the cement pond? Um, you well, know, you, no, no, you no, don't. No. You Hold don't. Up. Hold up. Don't look <laughs> it up on your Google. Did I watch the TV show? Gen no, Xer. I did not. But I watched the movie, and they had the cement pond. <laughs> the movie is hysterical. Uh, yeah, the movie was good. I don't know if it's better than the show. It was not better than the show. Sorry about that. <laughs> Granny was the best. I, w- one of the scenes that really stick out in my mind was when they were having the fancy dinner inside the billiard room. <laughs> yes. yes. They used the pool table for their... Pot passers. <laughs> Hand me a pot passer. <laughs> and, then, and then there was a... I think it was a, 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 a rhino's head hung up on the wall in there. Mm. And, I, and Jed uh, said, that must be a billiard. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that show was brilliant, man. Yeah, it really was. <clears throat> cement pond. Ellie may get your critters out of the cement pond. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Ellie May, that would be a better nickname for Peanut. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. 
She's got animals. a circus now, man. It's 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 crazy. The critters. Yes. Critters. Does she even have a place? Does she even have a place to live with her circus? Uh, yeah, offline. I'll tell you about that. <laughs> Let's wrap up. Okay. What'd you guys think about the beer? Or Blotto, what do you think about the beer? <laughs> who's who's having a hard time remembering things now, Nobs? Blotto, you do, do you remember when we had the Perrin Blonde Porter? <laughs> no, wait a minute. Are you sure? I, I believe it was you I had it with. I'm I'm all I'm all in on this beer. Yeah, I am yeah. too. I I, I can't find too many faults with it. Uh, enjoyed it from start to finish. It's a good one. Yeah, he has a good one. And we know Nobs likes his. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to get it again so that we can. Uh, I, want, I want you guys to sample it and get your opinion mm-hmm. on the air as it's, well. But in the, but in the meantime, you got to hunt down a blonde porter. Yeah. Yeah. Or just a blonde, whichever. <laughs> if she totes around luggage, well, that's, that's a bonus. <laughs> Did you guys ever see Young Frankenstein? <laughs> where where I hope Igor? You're talking, I hope you're talking to knobs, right? Because of course I've seen Young Frankenstein. Where Igor is talking to uh, Doctor Frankenstein, and he says, "You take the blonde, I'll take the one in the toyben." Toyben. <laughs> That's what you remind me of. He uh, said, "Get a blonde." Bernadette Peters and Madeline Kahn. That was Terry Gar, wasn't it? You're right. Oh, I'm right about something all of a sudden. Oh, so the blonde was Terry Gar, and then was it Bernadette Peters or, or Madeline Kahn? Must have been Bernadette Peters. Madeline right? Kahn was the um, yeah, uh, Miss Frankenstein. The, yeah, the Bride of Frankenstein. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Great movie. Great movie. But I, I, I give, I, I, I give you props on Terry Gar there. Nice, nice call. What knockers? I've never seen Bride of Frankenstein. You what? Young Frankenstein. Young. Never seen that one either. Oh, come no. on. It's required viewing. Yeah. Oh, no. It's, it's... Gene Wilder, genius. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I know of it, but uh, nope, I've not watched it. Didn't they put it at the Redmond Theater not too long ago? Redford? I think, uh, Redford, yeah. Redmond. <laughs> Ah, uh, Freudian slip. All right. Offline. <laughs> All right, Get guys. Hey, it's been fun. Been real. Yep, but not real fun. Oh, yeah, it has. I lied. Of course. Okay. All right, you guys. It was good. And uh, we'll see you in episode 71. Bottoms up. Bottoms up. up. Out. Out. Politics, some culture and craft beer. Politics, and that is why you're here. Politics, I don't.